0: The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S Before there was radio, TV, or podcasts, people gathered together to tell stories. And these stories were meant to entertain or educate. It really drew people in and helped them forget their troubles of the day and experience something they've never imagined before or maybe illustrated something in a way that was more easily to mentally digest. This tradition has been reborn in the forms of not only RPGs and LARPs, but in console, card, and board games as ways to tell a story and bring you into the tale. We're going to be talking about news, kickstarters of games you should be aware of, and interview a guest about a topic that involves some aspect of storytelling. We welcome you to The Adventure Party. Hello and welcome to the 47th gathering of The Adventure Party on this, the 1st of May. I'm your party leader, Brad Ludwig. We ask that you peace tie your swords, holster your blasters, and make sure your tabletop game of choice is ready to go while you are gathered at the meeting table. Glenn, we don't have a guest this evening, but we figured that we would just uh, take some time to talk about some of the games that we partook of on International Tabletop Day yesterday. And since you are the manager of the board game Barrister in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I have a feeling that you've probably played a lot of tabletop games yesterday. Fair assessment?
1: No. (laughs) I played a butt ton of games.
0: (laughs) I had a feeling. I had a feeling. And I got the chance to play a game that, looking at it, uh, first glance, seemed like it would be incredibly complicated and I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but uh, Whitechapel turned out to be a really, really fun game to play. So uh, the gentleman that you see on the screen next to me, uh, if you are watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to us on stitcher, iTunes or whatever podcatcher you use, you can't see his lovely mug. He is Glenn Bittner. He is a movie reviewer with his YouTube show, the B movie bunker and the creator of the RPG mist runner. How are you feeling today, sir?
1: Dynamic.
0: (laughs) High energy. High energy. All right. Uh, We're going to roundtable our game review and do our gaming news. And then we're going to jump into an interview, which is actually going to be a discussion today between Glenn and I about the games we got to play on International Tabletop Day, which was yesterday, April the 30th, how are you get asking
1: to... me or telling me?
0: I'm asking myself, <laughs> it was the 30th. I always forget if April has 31 days. I, I could never remember that whole uh little song 30 days, do. of
1: September, April, June, and November. I'm sure February's done, all the rest have something,
0: all the rest of them can suck it. All right,
1: yes, <laughs> except for March. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> excuse me uh to kick things off glenn is going to do a game review and i have not heard of this game tell, uh, tell well, us
1: about it, it it is a little newer um and this is actually one of the games i played yesterday i've, I've played it more times than yesterday but i played it several times yesterday it is isle of sky from chieftain to king this is from mayfair games uh created by alexander fister and uh i spelled it wrong on the notes it's andreas not Abdrius. andreas uh pelican or andreas possibly um it is a tile leg game where you are building up your own little mini kingdom to score points um what makes this different from a lot of other games is that you have uh different scoring rounds and you have there are four different ways you can score points in the game uh dictated by these four different tiles and you're going to draw different tiles for each game so The game will have different ways to score every time you play it. Sometimes you'll be scoring based on how big your kingdom is or how many different little geographic areas, like how many uh, lakes and mountains you have completed or how many sheep you have in your kingdom or how many farms. So it's it's different every time, which is awesome because I like that replayability of it where no two games are exactly the same. And also each scoring round, you don't always score everything. Like the first scoring round, you're only scoring the first tile. The second round, you're only scoring the second tile. Then the third round, you're going to score the first and the third, and so on. And each thing will score three times, but just at different times throughout the game. Um, it also has a nifty mechanic where at the start of each turn, you're gonna each player is going to draw three tiles out of a bag. And you're going to place those. You have a little screen, a little privacy screen to hide your money and such. And you put those tiles in front of your screen where everyone can see them. Now you have a decision to make. Every player has a little axe, and you put the axe behind your screen, but lined up with one of the tiles to signify you are destroying that tile, meaning no one will get to use it, and every player will destroy one of their tiles. The other two tiles, you will take some of your money, and you will put money by those, behind those tiles, behind your screen again, so no one can see what you're doing. What you're doing, you're setting the buy price for those tiles. Once everyone has set their buy prices and their axe to destroy a tile, you reveal what you place and then start with the first player the first player may buy a tile from another player provided they have the money so if i have a tile in front of me that you really want and i i said that it's going to cost three because i put three coins on it if you have three coins available you can buy it from me i will then get that money as well as my money back and it'll go around And then when it's my turn i can try to buy someone else's tile once everyone's done that once all the remaining money Goes in the bank and you buy the tiles that are still in front of you and you place them, adding them to your kingdom, lining up geographic features. Mountains have to match roads. Water has to match water and fields have to match fields.
0: Can I Once, Can I yeah. have you pause for just a second? Oh, yeah. For those of you who are watching us on YouTube, we're actually using a new service called Blab.im. And this is kind of a... Um, Gosh, it's a callback to what Galactic Netcast used to use back in the day, a system called Spreecast. Now, the one thing that they don't have currently is the screen share that we used to do to show you the game. So just so we're on the same page, go to BoardGameGeek.com and look up Isle, uh, Isle of Sky, the Chieftain to King. And you should be able to see the name of the game on your screen if you're, if you're watching this in YouTube. So uh, Blab promises to uh, have the screen share working uh, at some point fairly soon. So uh, we apologize for kind of taking that away from you. But uh, this new service doesn't quite have it yet. So we will be hopefully getting that back soon. So uh, I'm sorry, Glenn. Please continue.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Um, as I said, once everyone's paid for the tiles, you then add them to your kingdom um there'll be a lot of a lot of times in the game you will have things on a tile that don't do anything if there is no scoring tile for sheep in a game a lot of times having sheep on a tile does nothing for you but there could be a game that you play later on where you get bonus points for having the most sheep um so sometimes tiles aren't really worth anything to you sometimes they're worth a lot more to you because there are distilleries which give you extra money uh every distillery you have gives you an extra coin at the start of every turn. Um and it's just I like the I like the way that one tons sure, of replayability yeah. where the game is different every time you play because there are 16 actual scoring tiles and you're only using four every game. So, which of course it is drawn at random generally unless you want to s- set the game up so that people you have to teach more <laughs> new lose <laughs> yeah. because you know how to play, so that's a dick move. Um but it's also I also like the whole the whole buying thing because you have to be careful. It's hard if you're the first player, because you have to make sure if you want to buy someone else's tile, you have to leave money back from what you're setting as your buy price on your tiles. Because the money you put towards oh, your tiles okay. you can't spend sure. until the end of the turn if you buy those tiles. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're not the first player. If you don't hold any money back, it's not as big a deal because if someone buys one of your tiles, they're not like giving you money. You're getting the money that you put on that tile back, which then you can use to buy something else. So it, it definitely, it, if there's tiles, a tile you really, really want, you might be tempted to really overpay for that. Um, I have found in some games, if you can get if you can get a distillery chain going, money becomes less important. And you can basically price people out of buying your tiles if you can get the... Uh, the distillery sure. set up okay. properly. They all have to connect back to your main keep. But it's, it's, there's a lot of different ways to win. And I also like the fact that you can be playing a game and like the end of like turn four, you're thinking, man, I am I am way out of this. There's no way I have a chance of winning because a lot of turns, you might score two points or four points, stuff like that. But you start getting towards an end and all of a sudden, you might have 15, 20 points on a turn. And all of a sudden, you go from being you know 15 points down to being in the lead. So I like that, too, is that no matter how far behind you are, there is always, not always, but there's often a good chance of coming back from that because you can just draw the right tiles and, and get set up properly. Um, yeah, it's just a nifty game. And it, the fact that it's set uh, at the Isle of Sky, which is one of the, it's on my bucket list for places I want to go. It is just uh, a very wonderful looking place. And, you know, it's Yes, Scottish area. That's cool for me because you know I have—I don't know—I have an unhealthy obsession with. Well, you've things, been to Ireland, Irish haven't and Scottish you? and Welsh. A couple, three. I do seven or eight times. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I have to. I really want to go back, but well, I also—they're probably tired of I need seeing to go you. go somewhere frankly. else too. But. <laughs> well, screw you, I too, I kid. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: See, I get that, yeah, even Norwegian though I'm Norwegian and
0: German. Percent, so.
1: Hey, there you go. Dublin was a Viking city. So, <laughs> how do you like that? We're the apples? ones who gave them their red hair. We are the answers. Hello, I'm Gregor Sprague, and this is the Else Nerds. Now, what are the Else Nerds? Well, it's myself and Corey Scott, along with our producers, Beatmaster and Evan Rocky, as we talk about everything that is on our nerdy little heart. Whether it be comic books, movies, TV shows, video games, cell phones, the moments that we're walking down the street and a person says hi, it doesn't matter. We talk about everything, and you can find it at
0: elsenerds.com. Now it's time for the news. Now, we talked a while back about the Thunderbirds board game. That we, It was a Kickstarter that we talked about a while back in our Kickstarter spotlight. Now, Modifius created a Thunderbirds role-playing game that revolves around the board game. <laughs> no, they did. What? Yep. What? And here we go. Uh, Thunderbirds fans have already been enjoying Matt Laycock's uh, acclaimed Thunderbirds board game where players take on the duties of international rescue. The secret organization formed to carry out rescue missions around the globe based on Jerry Anderson's classic Supermarionation TV series. Now, Thunderbirds the role playing game is set to take your Thunderbirds gaming experience even further by using the components of the existing board game. ...to create a quick, light role-playing game based around the thrilling missions of International Rescue. Uh, uses components from the game, uh, such, uh, things such as the full character information and stats of all your favorite characters like Scott, Virgil, as well as Lady Penelope, Brains, and Parker... Uh, You control the iconic Thunderbirds team and vehicles like Thunderbirds 1 through 4 or Lady Penelope's classic pink Rolls-Royce, the Fab One. Tackle a series of thrilling missions from all corners of the globe to the depths of the ocean to the vacuum of outer space as you work together to foil the evil machinations of the sinister hood. The random Thunderbirds mission generation, uh, generator deck will help you create exciting missions for your players or help inspire devious new schemes to test your players to the limit. Now, like we said, you must own the base Thunderbirds board game. And that story comes to us from Modifius.net. So, I know we talked about, uh, I can't even remember how much the Thunderbird, now that it's it's happened uh thunderbirds board game uh yeah let's see board game on. geek uh let's see it looks like uh let's see all here and it looks like they have a copy here for about 50 bucks that somebody is offering. So it's at least 50. I thought it was in the neighborhood of 70. Okay. Okay. So $70, if you get it uh, at your local gaming store, approximately uh, you might be able to. Yeah. Uh, If you are able to, uh, to find it uh, through like, um, eBay or something like that, and then you'd be able to get the modifius add-on, essentially, which uh, twenty one ninety nine. That's in pounds, so I want to say what that would be about thirty. Thirty, 30 probably. Yeah, probably thirty US ish. So would would you be interested in? You know, you'd be laying out about a hundred bucks ish to do that. What would, would you, would you give that a go?
1: Yeah. I have the board game.
0: <laughs> oh, you do have it the board, board game. game. Oh, nice. I forgot that you got on, on board with that I on the Kickstarter.
1: Not. No, oh, I you bought didn't. it in my store. Well, of course, what was I thinking?
0: <laughs> I, I, was I, do, I? I, do
1: some Kickstarters, but not if it's going to come to the store.
0: Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. You know, I barely remember uh, watching. I've only seen just a little bit of Thunderbirds. But I just remember being slightly creeped out by by the puppets. I'm not going to lie. Not going to lie. They they creep me out a bit. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't buy it, but I would give it a try. I would give it a try just to just to to get a feel for what that's all about and and the game system too. I know Modifius has made a lot of amazing amazing games, so I'm sure that this would not be a disappointment uh in any way shape or form. So I have a feeling it would be it would be a fun thing to try. If you like what you've heard on this Galactic Network podcast, please consider helping us out financially by going to gncast.com support. On that page, you'll find links to our Patreon campaign where you can make a small recurring monthly pledge of as little as $1. Or click on our Amazon affiliate link, make a purchase, and we get a very small percentage from the sale. Again, go to gncast.com support. And thank you for supporting the Galactic Network podcast. Okay, our Kickstarter spotlight. Now, last time we talked about Raving Spire. And let's do a little look here and see how things went for them.
1: It went very well for them.
0: Wow. Okay, they were looking for... Now, let's just um, give people a a reminder of what Raving Spire was about. And I believe that was a game that I brought to the table, wasn't it? That was you. Okay. Here, I wanted to take credit for finding such an amazing game.
1: Nope, <laughs> nope, it's all me. And it's another game okay. from another You're game listening. from Madison, Wisconsin. Um, oh, that's yeah. right, It's a fantasy board game uh, where you actually have a rotating game board. So the game, the game board actually moves as you play the game. There are actually different rings. Uh, it's called an encounter ring where you have different things that happen. Um, so just a kind of really unique. Uh, deck building style. It's one to six players. They were looking for $7,500. They raised just a tad under $75,000. They were like $142 shy at $75,000. So they did pretty good, I guess. If they were looking for, you know, to unlock one, two, three, four, five, six, six of their stretch goals. Um, and actually, uh, as of an update recently, they actually unlocked their seventh at 75,000, uh, through people who have bought in after the project ended, which is one of their last latest updates. So they unlocked it, uh, just two days ago. So yeah, they've, they've done pretty darn well.
0: Yeah. You're not kidding. They blew way past their goal, which is always, always good to see. And especially from a place that's local to us, at least uh, Madison, Wisconsin being the capital of Wisconsin uh, and uh, approximately about two and a half hours away from, from me and about what hour Hour and a half. Yeah. So pretty close by. uh, And it's always good to see those guys succeed. And there's a huge group of people in Madison that are making some good quality games. So uh, it's nice to see that that is being continued. So good on them. Uh, We're going to talk about a new game that I found that's called Toxicity, a horror game with an old school vibe. It allows players to experience their favorite fantasy experiences in a totally new setting, the 70s underworld, which literally is Under the City. Uh, This is a dungeon exploration game reimagined. It's re-experienced the joy of discovery with focus on new monsters and traps designed to inspire new tactical approaches. Uh, These original Axiom rules are fully compatible with modern Axiom cards. This is not a standalone game. It's a supplement for I Am Zombie main edition as well. Uh, The sale price is 29 bucks. So if you were to go on kickstarter you could get on board for 29 bucks and at that level is the skag level you receive everything a breather gets which the breather is at the nine dollar level which gets you the digital versions of i am zombie the toxicity booklets and ready to print id cards and there's 60 of them uh, as soon as the kickstarter ends so everything is ready to go digitally uh, the PDF content comes with a I Am Zombie play kit, including 108 full-color ID cards. That's a lot of stuff. Let's see. Uh, plus, you also, if you get in at the SCAG level at $29, uh, you'll receive a physical copy of I Am Zombie Toxicity, and that includes the three printed books. Uh, so not only can you have the PDFs to share with uh, people that would be playing, you would have physical books to uh, actually look through and uh if that's how you do your game prep then uh good on you and then you'll have those available to you let's see they have other levels too $49 oh that's gone $59 this includes hardback edition of the i am zombie field manual that's the core book for the modern edition of the game and there's also oh man they've got a lot of different levels here it tops out at the six, no, wait, five of five left. Okay. At the $600 left, uh, $600 level, you'll get uh, the cast party. You and four friends will receive everything uh, that we kind of mentioned below. Uh, you and your friends will get cast in one of our upcoming I Am Zombie stories. This amazing offer includes photos of you and your friends in the story as the main characters, work directly with Mark Ryan Hagen and the author of the story on how to include you as characters. You'll get a PDF of you on a movie poster with the tagline, Starring You! Of course, you would have your name. Uh, you'll all feature in a I Am Zombie movie trailer with your picks and names boldly featured using the art of I Am Zombie with original music and narration. So there you go. There's a lot going on with I Am Zombie toxicity. And I have not heard of the Axiom game system. Have you?
1: I've. It sounds familiar, but I can't say for sure. Um, hmm. Maybe not. Let's see. Let's look at the Google. That doesn't help me at all. <laughs>
0: Yeah, needless to say, uh, neither of us have heard of Axiom. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's a universal game engine from, there we go, from Mind Sports. Uh, Axiom, let's see. It was developed by Greg Schmidt. Uh, it was originally based on the Zillions of Games product. It is a system and language designed for
1: game creation. Um, no, you're the wrong thing. Am I? That's the Axiom game system. You want the Axiom system from make-believe games.
0: Oh, hey, now. Oh, Jesus Christ. There we go. (laughs) There. Okay. There it is. All right. Let's see. Yeah, there we go. Games, Democracy, I Am Zombie, and Xenofactor. Factor. All right, let's look at their I Am Zombie information here for their core game. Uh, I Am Zombie is the first game in the uh, Xenocosm line, and it's a survival in the aftermath of a zombie outbreak and the quarantine that follows. But this is not your typical zombie game because you become the zombie. Once you enter the mysterious, toxic world of half-dead, lucid zombies, everything you thought you knew is turned on its head. Uh, you can get the PDF of the field manual, that's the PDF only, uh, on Drive for 19 for 99 or, you know, check your local game store. They might have a physical copy uh, for you to purchase. I mean, you could always print out the PDF as well. But uh, there you go. Now, they do use a deck system as well as the book and the decks ah the decks are used to create your characters just pick 5 cards trademark nice god I wish it, I wish there was screen sharing here um cuz the the cover the posters that they have for some of this are pretty interesting it reminds me of a, a grindhouse movie poster Uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. Go to makebelievegames.com and you can check this out. Like I said, unfortunately, blab.im does not have screen share per se. The only thing I can really do is share a link, which I'm going to do if you're checking us out on YouTube or on... Really? It's not going to take that. Okay. It doesn't want to accept that URL for some reason. That makes me sad. Yeah, it's not taking it right now. All right. Well, anyway, Blab is a new system. I'm sure they'll work out the bugs. So yeah, uh, toxicity is sounds like a pretty solid yeah. addition to this. Now their goal was five thousand, and their pledged ne- at this point in time on May first is eleven thousand. And thirty-one dollars. So they've more than doubled what they were looking to get here to make this happen. So it's it's a go. Now, some of their stretch goals that they have uh, at six thousand, which they've blown through, uh, is the sticker pack. These superlative stickers will bring your game and the grindhouse world to life. Use them on your books. Put them on your front door to scare away Jehovah's Witnesses. (laughs) Mark your desk with the stench of your filthy half-life. The possibilities are endless. Uh, 7,000, you're going to get this if you get on board. More ID cards. What's better than a lot more of choices? Even more choices. If we reach this milestone, we will add 24 new ID cards. And I Am Zombie Toxicity will ship with a total of 84 character ID cards you'll also get and they blew past the 8,000 level uh the narrator screen which I I could not live without a GM screen couldn't uh for for any game system that that I would run um it's it's a deal breaker if a system frankly doesn't have a a GM screen for me and yeah you could make your own but that's kind of a hassle and uh if you're, if you're trying to run a, a, a tight game, you don't want to spend time making a screen uh, to make things easier. A company should have their, their stuff together and have that happen. Anyways, their narrator screen is everything you wanted and more. Rather than uh, fill the back with a maze of charts that you'd rarely use, we're giving you the core information you always need, uh, reminding you what to do and how to pace things during a game and the players get an amazing art landscape to look at while the narrator conceals any rules and notes. At the $9,000 level, which they blew through, Story Seeds, you get four of them. Story Seeds are designed to give narrators a starting point and framework to, uh, for setting up adventures. Toxiz, uh, toxicity already comes with one sample scenario and a sample undercity location, the Yellow Sheik's Warren. With this milestone, we will be able to add four more story seeds, each with full-color Toxploitation art. (laughs) That's a great name. Uh, That will lay the foundations for your own adventures. Uh, And you also will get, at the $10,000 level, which they surpassed, even more ID cards. So in total, you will get 108 ID cards for character creation. Now, they're rolling up. They've got 14 days left to go, so I'm pretty sure that they're going to hit this next one here, which is Toxicity Dice. We all love dice, right? Well, now's the chance to add a unique set of eight funky I Am Zombie Toxicity Dice. You, the glorious backer, will get the chance to vote on the final color of these 1970s infused D6s. These little babies are going to be great, a great addition to your game. So things are definitely looking very good for I am Zombie toxicity. So, um, yeah. Oh, I wish I could really screen share this because the the uh, toxicity game screen looks like a landscape of maybe Los Angeles or maybe New York, and it has that grindhouse art, you know, kind of the orange and yellow. Uh, Look to it with silhouettes. Uh, It's absolutely gorgeous. And it looks like a sunset on a decimated city. So, yeah, you're going to get a lot of stuff if you get on board. And $29 for everything they listed is ridiculous. Yeah, You would, I mean, I remember shelling out, like, when I got all my stuff for White Wolf uh, to run a game. (laughs) I spent $25 on the book alone. Um, so to get all of this and more for $29, uh, if you love the grindhouse style of, of movie, that kind of gritty storytelling, and you want a slightly different take on a zombie, uh, on a zombie theme, this would definitely be for you.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, uh the if you had wanted a full collection of the old White Wolf books, you would have had to refinance your mortgage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, I looking at my I'm just kind of glancing over my computer screens here and my White Wolf collection of the of course of the 90s books. Um, yeah, I I spent enough to buy a car. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but <clears throat> it was worth it. And uh, I have a feeling that uh, if you if you drop just the twenty nine dollars alone to get this, um, you're you're well on your way to having a a great time. So. All right. Well, the, uh, the the title of our show is International Tabletop Game Day. So. As of yesterday, we uh you and I you more than I of course got to uh got to uh, play a lot of games but let's let's just talk briefly about what is international tabletop day for those who are not initiated
1: oh international tabletop day it is a day of uh... Playing tabletop games. Does that help? That, <laughs> um, no. Well, that is that is partly what it is. Um, but uh, it's also, it was uh, started by, um, my brain is blanking up. Geek and Sundry started this up. Um, and if you don't know who Geek and Sundry is, just go to geekandsundry.com. It's the channel started by Felicia Day. And they've got uh, Tabletop is one of the shows that's on there with Will Wheaton where they show off board games all the time. And they started this up few years ago um to basically help promote uh the love of board games and to get people playing more games as will says at the end of of every episode um that's what this is all about it's about playing games it's about getting friends together and strangers and making new friends and making new memories and having a lot of fun um and it's just no i mean i mean for me you know it's 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 great because it it bring some people into the store that I normally wouldn't have in the store because we, we get to have this big day that has a lot of buzz behind it. It isn't just us training people in the store. It's, you know, this is, you know, all over the world now. They have people are doing this. People do it in, in game stores, and People do it in their homes. And you have uh, bars and places that do it now. And you have lots of people who gather to play games. And it's great because it's it's like a it's like a convention without all the all that extra stuff. It's just boiled down to just the games. Let's just play games. And that's what it is. And I love game conventions, but at times the games can can it can get pushed back a little bit cuz there's so much other stuff going on as well. And this is just it's just about games, man, and it's all games are fair game. I mean, yes, it's tabletop day, but I know people who have who have get together? Where they play board games, they play computer games, they play console games, they play role-playing games, and card games, and whatever. And it doesn't matter what people play, as long as people are playing. Because, as I have said before, and is a kind of a motto of our store is, I'm not the arbiter of someone else's fun. I know what I like, and I like what I like. But that doesn't mean everyone has to like the same things. I personally hate Monopoly, but there's a lot of people who love it, and if they're playing a game. That's what's important, man. It's not what they're playing; it's the fact that they are playing, and that's kind of what tabletop is about. It's the fact that you're you're playing games.
0: Yeah, that seems like a uh, a very concise wrap up. All right, uh, what uh, what are some? Uh, let's talk about some of the games that that you got to play uh, at the board game Barrister.
1: Um, Ooh, okay. Well, I mean, I I discussed Isle of Sky already. Um, I played that several times. I also got to play um, a couple of things I believe I've talked about on the show. It was Takenoko and Codenames. Um, Oh, and I got to try out Blood Rage, which was a lot of fun. Uh, To to Blood Rage. What is Blood Rage? Vikings, man. Ragnarok, end of days. Trying to fight and get the most glory before the world blows up. Because that's what's important, man. Going out the most glorious, even though everything's going to stop existing and it won't matter anyways. Fair enough.
0: All right. Uh, The one game that I got to play, which I said at the top of the show, it was... When you talk about Jack the Ripper, it's one of the most famous unsolved murder mysteries of all time. And this board game essentially allows... One player to play Jack the Ripper and up to five people to play uh, police detectives. And you get a full map of, excuse me, of London at the time of the Jack the Ripper murders. And it happens over the course of four days. And the mechanics to it are really, really interesting. Now, unlike what they do historically, they stick with uh, four uh, over the four days, what is it one, two, three, four, five murders that happen over the course of four days. Now, when you do the the, the tabletop the, the tabletop game, you're gonna switch this up. It's not going to be historically obviously at this point because all the detectives would just swarm at that particular point and you know the game would be over. So you as Jack the Ripper get to uh, change the locations of where these murder ha- murders happen. The first night, there's one murder. The second night, there's one murder. And on the third, two. And then on the fourth, one. Now, as Jack the Ripper, you look at the board and there are God, at least, I would say 200 different numbered locations on the board. And Jack the Ripper, at the beginning of the game, selects their base as one of the numbers on the board. And that is their hub location that they need to get back to after they commit the murder. They need to either walk, or they have the opportunity to ride carriages, and they also get uh, tokens to alley jump, essentially. So they can move either two spaces with the carriage, or they can move or t- I'm sorry, take two turns. I'm trying to think now. No, uh, two turns at once with the carriage and then an alley jump, which allows you to kind of jump from one path to another that isn't necessarily uh, connected. So you'd like move through a building to get to a different location to try to throw the cops off. So each night the detectives need to try to find the trail of where Jack the Ripper has run to, or where the, you know, you, you kind of run to where the murder started or where the murder happened. And then you try to find the trail and your ultimate objective, obviously, is to arrest Jack the Ripper. Now, Jack the Ripper has 15 turns to get back to his home base. And if it takes more than 15, Jack loses. So there's obviously, there's got to be a little bit of pre-planning on Jack's part to you know where they select where the murder is going to happen somewhere on the map. And then... Uh, make sure that they can get back home. Uh, It was, it was so exciting and really engaging and having, you know, we played with four detectives and one person uh, were maneuvering two detectives, but the amount of discussion and planning and, you know, trying to figure out, uh, try to reverse engineer where Jack the Ripper ended up going and trying to then figure out the location of of the base to to arrest Jack. We played two games. The first one, we arrested Jack <laughs> before the end of the first turn, or not the first turn, but um, uh, before well the, the before the end of, of of Jack's first turn. Yeah, that's right. The second game, Jack was completely successful. <laughs> Went through all four nights and uh, got away. And uh, we weren't even entirely close. Well, we were sort of close as to where we thought uh, her, where she was, uh, where she had her Jack the Ripper based out of. But uh, man, it was, it was exciting. And I thought it would be kind of stodgy and boring, but it was anything but. So I enjoyed the heck out of it. All right. Well, what's another game that you got to play?
1: Oh why am I why is my brain blanking now and stuff I played? You know what? This is why I wrote it all down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it pays to plan ahead.
1: It does. Of course I don't know why I wrote it down. Um <laughs> here's my <clears> Oh <throat> <throat> for crap. I know I play other stuff. I'm just, my brain is completely blanking at the moment. Um, oh, oh, oh. I got to play. Okay, so there's there's the DC deck builder game. And there's a new uh, version of it out uh, Cartoon Network Crossover Crisis. Oh. And I got to play that. I was Courage to Cowardly Dog. Uh, and I was playing against um, Dee Dee from Dexter's Lab. Um, Johnny Bravo and Samurai Jack. Um, it's a it's a cool mix. It's it's a deck builder, and you're you're trying to you're buying cards from the center by by using your power, which at the start of the game you get with cards called punchies, and uh, you'll buy different equipment or special powers or you'll defeat villains, and it'll help build your deck up so that you can score more points, and eventually you're trying to beat. Uh, Nemesis uh, deck of Nemesis characters. So you start with like the Ice King and uh, Aku is in there, and you know all the all the good villains from these Cartoon Network shows. Uh, it's got as I as I mentioned some of the the earlier ones, but it's also got um, Adventure Time's in there. Uh, the Wattersons is that it, I believe. And uh, I can't I, I don't know a lot of the, the newest shows on Cartoon Network. I'm I'm not. Fully up to date on some of the newer ones. Uh, Steven Universe, I believe is what one of them is called, which I have not watched yet, but I'm told by many people that I have to, so I will. Um, yeah, which is a lot of fun because it's a good mix of deck building with silliness because uh, if you get attacked and you fail and in, in, in you actually get attacked, you can't defend against it. You take out weaknesses, and weaknesses can, uh, can do weird things to you. You can also have uh, the Nemesis have a group attack when they're revealed and there was one that you had to put your elbows on the table and the first person with their elbows off the table would gain three weakness cards which doesn't sound all that difficult but <laughs> try playing play a game where your elbows can't leave the table and just the fact that you know in your mind you well this should be easy but elbows are not made for tables and man we're just dying towards the I end mean, we just cannot <laughs> cannot, we're just like, you can see the just frustration in everyone's faces as, we're you know, I don't want to be the one to give up. But you can also see that all of us are also on the verge of like, screw it, I'm just going to give up because this is ridiculous. My elbows hurt. I can't do anything. Trying to reach and grab cards while you have to slide your arm across the table so that the elbow doesn't come up. (laughs) Uh, There was another one where we had uh, uh, had to do an imitation of an animal for 10 seconds. Oh, an animal uh, i had to do one where i had to tell my my worst my mom joke using a uh muscle man impression <laughs> so nice. it's, it's a mix nice. of silly with with actual deck building um and i like that because it, it's I, I mean i know some people only like games where it can all be boiled down to a mathematical equation but I like, I like some silliness every now and then in my games. I mean, not every game should be like that, but, you know, it, it helps break up, especially because this was, you know, like seven seven hours or so into the day. So I had been playing games for a long time and having a little break where I got to be a little silly and actually got off my butt occasionally. I mean, like one time we had to angrily push our chairs away from the table and stand up and we couldn't sit down until our next turn. Or <laughs> you can you fist bump people, you can just fist bump people and, and uh, like, uh, Finn and Jake, if you're Finn and Jake, you get a bonus every time you fist bump someone. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a lot of times the fist bump doesn't really do anything. I, I actually got a card where I got plus one power, which is how you buy stuff. Every time I fist bump people and the other people kept forgetting about it. So I would just go, Hey, fist bump, fist bump. And they fist bump me like, all right, plus two power. I'm going to buy this card. And they're like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was just, it was just, it was cool and a lot of fun.
0: Oh, that is, that sounds like a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, how, I saw it on the shelf. I mean, it, I, I just saw it on, I think it came in on like Thursday or Friday. Yeah. And, it just came out. And uh, I saw it and I'm like, I, I can be courage the cowardly dog. Oh, I have to buy this. I have Stupid to buy dog. this. dog. <laughs> courage and, and Eustace is one of the, is a villain in the in the, the main deck that you can fight against. Um <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, DD is a, is a special promo that's currently in the game. Oh, nice! Yeah, so you can get DD to go along with Dexter.
0: I yeah, I would Sorry. love to play. Dee Dee. <laughs> I would love to play Samurai Jack or Dexter. Yeah, uh, that just yeah. I I saw that. Uh, I can't remember what feed that I was attached to on Facebook, and that popped up, and I'm like, oh my god!
1: Well, I that is I, awesome. I posted it uh, when I bought it Friday. <laughs> And I posted it again when I played it yesterday. <laughs> Very cool. Yes. Better, uh, better than my typo or typo where I had people who were playing apparently Ted Dragon Inn as oh, opposed to Red Dragon Inn. Yeah. So someone asked me this is, is that a different game or is that a typo? I'm like, oh, it's it's the same game, it's just you have a motivational speaker uh, that talks to you beforehand. <laughs>
0: Oh, I want to play Red Dragon in again. See now, I, you're terrible. I want to stop the show right now and play Red Dragon in. Great. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, what else did you? Uh, let's uh, let's get one more game in. What's what's the last game that you got to run yesterday that you really really enjoyed?
1: Um, one that I've talked about before, Samurai Spirit. Okay. Cooperative game where I've never won, <laughs> and we played a two-player game. On a heroic level, because we decided to punish ourselves. Oh, and we kicked its butt. Are you serious? We its butt we, at heroic. Yes, and we didn't just win. We, I mean, we had almost a flawless victory. <laughs> we just, I mean, a lot of it is just—it's a lot of it was luck because um, we happened to get two characters that worked well together. I mean, we drew them at random, but there's uh, so those who don't remember in the game, you, you have to fight. Various bandits protecting a village. And the bandits all have a number from one to I think for Essen goes as high as six. And I happen to play be playing uh the hero whose ability is he can pass a villain whose value is two, four, or six to the to the player to either side of him. Ooh. And my teammate had the hero who could ignore the bad effects of any bad guys who are numbered two, four, or six. <laughs> and it came down to because um, in the game, if any if any of the heroes die, you lose. And okay. I had I had only one wound left before I died, and I had a bad effect coming up on my next turn where I would have taken a wound automatically before I could do anything. So we were gonna lose the game. There were three cards left in the in the in, in the raider deck. The other guy goes, he takes his turn, he gets the exact number he needs to hit his special power, which lets him discard two cards from the draw deck. So he wiped out the last three cards, so I didn't have to take my turn, so we won nice, and I'm like, "Ah, so yeah, it was almost flawless, but it was almost a loss, yeah, if he had not if he had not drawn either of the other two cards, we would have lost he he had to draw a one, and there are only two ones in the whole deck we were playing with.
0: Oh jeez, so
1: <laughs> he drew it, and we won the game.
0: Ah, uh, that's you know games like that always. One, it's always gonna be the story you talk about for that particular game, you know when everybody's like, because every time that we've talked about Samurai spirit before, you're like, "Oh, a game kicks my ass every time, Yeah, but this is going to be the the one epic story that you have where people come up and oh, every time I play, we lose, you'd be like, "Let me tell you a story, yeah, and you'll hit them with that, and they'll be like, "Oh, so it is possible to win because <laughs> yeah, samurai spirit is is pretty brutal, all right. So let's see. Uh, your uh, your first game again was. Uh, my first game that we talked about.
1: Oh, it was Isle Sky. Okay. Which was in that, and then also Blood Rage. Okay.
0: I'm just uh, making notes, so yep. when we put this in the show notes, people will be able to click on and uh, check out these individual games. Uh, we always link through uh, to Board Game Geek. Uh, and oh, the new website for Board Game Geek uh, looks absolutely beautiful. So uh, check that out. Uh, definitely, a lot easier to follow information on there. So wanted to give a tip of the hat to them and uh, the information that they provide us for for each of our shows, so that we can talk about the games with you. Well, that is going to wrap things up for this particular meeting of the Adventure Party. You can find out more about our meetings and show notes for each meeting and contact information and subscription links by going to gncasts.com slash adventure. Uh, You can find and follow us on Twitter or join our Facebook group by using the Facebook search term Galactic Netcasts. You can also find all of our social media outlets by clicking on the links on our website. You can go to our YouTube channel where you'll be able to see the video version of this uh, show, The Adventure Party, and uh, all the other shows that Galactic Netcasts has to offer All you have to do is go to youtube.com slash galactic netcasts. And now that we use blab.im, you'll be able to find the galactic Netcast channel there and check out all of the shows there as well. Uh, If you're using iTunes or Stitcher, please take a moment to give us a review and let us know what you think. Uh, Your reviews, positive or negative, can help shape the show and make it a little bit better. You can also leave us feedback by emailing adventure at gncasts.com, or you can call or text us at the number 805-328-3966, and uh, you leave a message. If you do text, there may may be charges that apply to that, depending on your particular uh, phone package there. Uh, Galactic Netcast is a network that hosts a number of different shows, like Weird World Weekly, the Alien Invasion, which we talked about earlier, the uh, Sci-Fi Geeks Club, and the Podcast of Terror. And we also host Galactic Net by sh- Not uh, <laughs> Galactic Net by sh- shows. Uh, yeah, I my, 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 my mouth's getting a little dry here, it would seem. Uh, like Galactic Gaming News from Ryan Murphy and Who Knew and Reviews. And I need to update this list to one of our other shows, the Sci-Fi... Uh, Oh my God! Uh, Daryl is gonna junk punch me all the way from the UK. <sighs> Sci-fi survival guide. Thank you. Just took a second to get the old gray matter fired up. Uh, that's one of our new shows, and uh, it's a monthly show where uh, it's a little bit of a discussion of a particular end of the world scenario, whether it's uh, you know a nuclear attack, whether it's zombies whether it's an alien invasion. So the first half of the show is just talking about some of the possible scenarios within that particular way that the world could end. And then the second half of it is basically it's like an old time radio show. It's actually a scripted thing that Daryl does, which is kind of a a journal that a person going through that particular scenario and the journey that they take during that, point in during a point in time during that particular invasion where the world has ended or is ending and it's absolutely wonderful so uh, please check out that show you won't regret that like i said you can go to gncasts.com and you can check out all of that there uh let's see i'm just looking at my notes here just to make sure i've got everything i did all right hey glenn that's the show (laughs) Ha ha! <laughs> I want to thank you again for, for joining me, Glenn. Uh, where can people find about more uh more about what you do, like your uh B Movie Bunker and Mistrunner?
1: Uh you can find B Movie Bunker on Facebook as well as on YouTube with Guy in a bunker productions. You can also find Mistrunner on Facebook and maybe eventually if I ever update the Mistrunner.com webpage. Otherwise, just follow me on Twitter at Guy in a bunker.
0: There you go. Uh, You could probably find somebody to, you know, just slide them, you know, 20 bucks, 50 bucks and get some updates on there. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us on the Adventure Party. May your characters never die and your adventures always be epic. Thank you and good night. Bye.